Okay, I don't need a title to continue to do amazing things in, you know, in my community or to want to uplift. And so, you know, I might wear different hats now. Um, I might not be an official politician anymore, but I still, you know, believe in building things in the community. And that's where that love of um, entrepreneurship and business development and community development is a big aspect of, you know, what you do at you know, at least in my stage of where I've been as a politician, I think that it's it's really big like that, that community development and dreaming and planning bigger things than, you know, what you think is possible and helping the community find their find their voice as they advocate for what's possible. What up, though? Black Friday family, and welcome back to another installment of the podcast. Today, I have with me Miss Ernestine Lyons, who is a former city council politician here in the state of Michigan, a tech enthusiast, and also a small business advocate. How you doing today? I am doing fantastic, and I am honored and very excited to have you, like, you know, to be here and to, to for you having me here on the show. <laughs> for sure. Thank you. And I forgot she's also a fellow podcaster, so if you could drop a plug I for your podcast. I was about to say, yeah, like, yeah. to have you here, and I'm like, wait, this is your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my podcast is Quick to Politic, and it is streamed um, all the places where podcasts are streamed. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, yeah. So we, we talk politics and its implication in all the industries and social commentary, all that stuff. So, yeah. Dope. Quick to politic. Make sure that y'all tap in and check that out. And I always give my guests a chance to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit more about them and their backgrounds. You're more than your titles, obviously. So how would you let us know? How would you invite us into your, your world and who you are? You know what, um, you know, Denzel and I were talking about this before the podcast, and then there's a sign behind me that says a career, uh, it's a beautiful thing when a career and passion come together. So um, I'm a politician, but I'm also a advocate. Um, I am an entrepreneur, and I'm also a, you know, just person who work has worked in the entrepreneurial ecosystem supporting work for folks who have ideas and, you know, are already launching a billion dollar unicorn company. And, you know, but then I'm also a creative. I, you know, host a podcast because I love the art of storytelling and broadcasting. And so um, I'm, I'm those things, um, but I'm passionate about policy. Um, I was elected to Harper Woods City Council and, you know, right before the pandemic, and I, I love policy and politics, and I always wanted to be involved in, you know, just making changes to not only our laws, but making changes around, like, how we engage in, you know, our communities and what we create. And so one of my friends has this adage that if it doesn't exist, build it, and I am a full supporter of, you know, just getting out there and whatever you want to see created. And that's what your politicians are for. They're not meant to you to show up only when it's election time. They're meant to be there for you to help, you know, to, 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 to help you build whatever it is that you want to see in the world and be the change. Dope, dope. And I love that being able to 
kind of utilize the saying that's right there and be able to combine your passions and your career. Because I know for me, being able, like always having a job surrounding around marketing, I would do different aspects of marketing. So like data analytics and all those type of things. Not like what I deemed as fun as far as the creative or right. creative aspect, video editing, design, graphic design, things like that. So being able to kind of like uh, compensate for those things outside of work, like in my extracurriculars. So having different roles on like different boards or nonprofits or mm -hmm. actually like doing my own creative thing, being able to incorporate that. I think it just makes you more well-rounded as a person overall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I think that like working in these worlds of small business development, I've worked for governments, I've worked for nonprofits and, you know, I think it's the perfect marriage of like the other side of me, which is I like to consider myself a global citizen. Um, I've lived all over the world. Um, I my undergraduate, uh, I went to Wayne State and right here in the heart of Detroit. And I focus on international relations. I lived in Russia, China, South Africa, um, you know, Cuba, uh, um, Barbados. And, you know, I've traveled all over the world, seen all of these different countries. And I've been a language learner and lover of languages. And that's that was my entrepreneurial pursuit. It was this, you know, need to let people see that you can just never let a lack of resources keep you from being resourceful. I know Denzel and I were talking about being resourceful. We had one critical component missing from today's show, but we were like, nope, the show must go on. We're going to create it. And so, you know, I think that's um, really one big aspect of, you know, what drove me to start a business, which was to create more global citizens and to show people that, not only can you, you know, just kind of create things out of nothing, but you can go off and see the world experience new things beyond your own borders and it'll really expand your mind. And I think that's really what being entrepreneurial is. It's expanding your mind and being open to new things, new experiences, new perspectives, and then allowing that to help you help other people, you know, because you're creating things like, you know, Denzel's creating this podcast to serve other people to, you know, share experiences so that someone can learn and take a little glimmer of information and take it and run with it to, you know, really feel empowered to do whatever it is they want to do in life. Thousand percent. And I'll add as far as being creative and being able to make something out of nothing as an entrepreneur, small business owner, regardless of what you think you have to wear, regardless of what your passion is or where your overall strength lie, you have to wear a bunch of different hats. You got to be the account person. You got to be the tax person. You got to be the sales person. Yeah. Janitor, right, right. marketing. Yeah. All that. You wearing all the hats, especially uh, when you're first starting out. So I think that that's very important. But I will pause on the background and business questions to introduce you to my favorite part of Black Fridays, which is Freestyle Fridays. <laughs> Friday. All right, there we go. <laughs> so Freestyle Fridays is a random assortment of questions. They're all about you, so you shouldn't get them wrong. And I just ask that you answer every question and you answer honestly. Okay. All right. And I'm not going to think too long on them. All right. All right. Let's do <laughs> okay. it. Let's do I'm it. I'm excited. So what is your favorite time of the year? Fall. Mm. 
because like every it's like I do not like summer. I hate summer. I hate it when it's this hot. Um, and I don't like air conditioner. So <laughs> I'm just like miserable around this time of year. And um, I was born in January, so I love snow. So, but sometimes it's a bit much. Um, so fall is like perfect. You can wear sweaters and, mm. you know, um, pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> I agree. Fall is my favorite as well for similar reasons. I don't necessarily like being crazy hot, but I do appreciate the, the heat, especially here in Michigan, because we don't get a ton of it. Yeah. I love Michigan because we don't get all that heat. Like, I don't need all, we don't need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you say you've lived a few different places. Do you have a favorite place that you have lived outside of Michigan? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I spent the most time in China and it was in Wuhan, China. Yes, that Wuhan. Um, and um, I think it was, you know, just beautiful to be able to um, really be immersed in another culture. Um, I was there as a part of a scholarship. And um, I think without that scholarship, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. Um, I didn't come from wealth or anything like that. So, um, you know, it was just a great opportunity for me. I really loved it there because, you know, you, you, it was this far away from what I was used to growing up, like in Detroit, as you can get, you know, in terms of you, you have people who, you know, never seen anyone who looked like me and then let alone like other Westerners. So it was, you know, really, a culture shock, even though I felt like I was studying about like the culture and the language at university. But then when I got there, it was, you know, and I loved how close I, I got to, you know, not only other students who were there who were expats, the community, but also my friends um, who were from China. And I'm still close to them to this day. So. What would you say was your favorite piece of tech growing up? Favorite piece of tech? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Maybe um, being able to program the VCR to record things because I don't record all. Like, okay, I, I am 37. So, like, I think we going way back. So, um, you know, being able to record tapes, like on tape, like VHSs, and then mm -hmm. being able to record um you know my my mixtapes because those they, we did mixtapes when i was super little yep. then we of course being millennials like we moved over to cd's real quick yep. so um i think maybe tapes were probably maybe five part five years of my life and then cds so um burning cds programming vcrs and uh, recording mixtapes that kind <laughs> sure. of technology and then i like when i was introduced to a macbook i think i was like i don't know 20 something and i was like you know, I, I don't think I can go back to a PC after, you know, using a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. What's your favorite tech piece of tech that's on the horizon that you're excited about? Ooh, generative AI, you know. So, um, you know, you have the generative tree pre-trained transformers that's what chat gpt stands for by the way um i i think that it's really fascinating um and you know on my podcast I, we talked had a conversation recently about deep tech and how the you know artificial intelligence kind of has its component where the machines learn to learn to teach better and then they get better at one particular thing so um you know i'm just i'm really excited about chatbots and um I use ChatGPT all the time for everything. Um, if anything, I feel like I'm beginning to over rely on tech. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's um, I think I'm most excited about um, generative AI and just kind of creating things. 
to that point, I just want to say real quick for those out there using chat GPT or anything similar to it, AI, as far as doing work and things like that, make sure you take the time to make it your own. Do not just take exactly what comes out of that tool and then just repurpose that and use it for your own. Make sure that you take the time to actually sit, make it your own, add your own wording and stuff like that. Everything that comes out of there is not Bible. It's not a thousand percent or a hundred percent correct. So I just wanted to make that PSA for, for people out there. Use it as a spring pad. Don't use it as the end all be all. You know, and I, I just want to comment on that. I think that, um, if you're especially if you're using like right now, this is 2023 July. Um, the, the version most people are using is um, chat GPT version three, 3.5. Um, and then there's a four, which is a paid version. Um, both of them can be extremely derivative and repetitive. So like yes. it'll give you the same stuff over and over. You'd be yep. like, uh, write me a paragraph about, you know, so I can learn about um, the the um, the 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 benefits of, of using um I don't know, botanicals to calm you down. And then it, it'll just repeat things over and over again. And it, it just, you know, you want to go in there and, you know, fish out like what is true. And I, I would recommend even if you're really big on chat GPT, look into Bard and you can also look into, um, that's Google's version yes, of Google's chat version GPT. Of chat GPT. And then there's also, um, Bing has partnered with chat GPT. Mm -hmm. And when you search via Bing using the generative AI, it'll give you citations, like it'll give you sources. And, um, so Google does the same thing. So look into it that way and just kind of make sure that it's not, um, well, one, it's not going to keep repeating itself, but it's going to give you accurate information. Nice. Nice. You learn something new every day. Yes. Yes, you do. And last but not least, what are you listening to right now? What music do you have on repeat? A song, an album? Gosh, I was just singing the Encanto soundtrack on the way into it. Like, I, I was listening to it in the car. And then when I got into the elevator, um, you know, Denzel was just like, how was your day? And I'm just like, pressure like a drip, drip, drip. <laughs> da, 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 da. And so it's like, yes, I am a huge um, Disney fan, but what millennial isn't really, you know, so <laughs> I don't even have kids, but I love listening to like Disney music because it'll put you in a happy place. Um, but I'm also like really excited about Beyonce. I know she's going to be here in Detroit um, in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm, so yep. yes, yes, I'm definitely listening to Beyonce um, and Disney music. <laughs> not a bad combo right, not right. a bad combo so congratulations you successfully passed freestyle fridays <laughs> so, so thank you for thank you for engaging in the randomness and want to go back to some more questions so speaking about you being a small business advocate and champion i wanted to know what type of work do you do with small businesses founders things of that nature and then also well let's just stick with that and then i'll ask a follow-up question but what type of work do you do with small businesses Right. And I'm gonna try to keep this quick. Um, so I essentially um, work for like currently I work for a nonprofit and, you know, I run an entrepreneur in residence program and we focus on like helping tech founders, um, you know, really be, be able to scale the business to get connected to the three things that most founders, especially at a certain stage in a startup are going to be wanting to get connected to capital, um, mentorship and customers. So capital customers and, you know, coaching, um, three C's and, you know, so this program, it focuses on immigrant founders, whereas before um, I worked for organizations, um, one was a nonprofit right before this, and then the other one was um, a municipal entity working with the city of Detroit that focused on business opportunities, creating 
opportunities for people who have ideas. And so throughout my career, I've been able to work with folks who I have an idea and I make cupcakes in my kitchen and people really like them. And so I would love to see my cupcakes in an actual brick and mortar, but I have no idea where to start. And so I've worked with organizations um, that where I sit down with founders and I'll tell them like, okay, well, this is what you want to do um, to, to start. You want to get your license. You want to um, copyright your name in the beginning stages of things. And then eventually, like I've worked with organizations that help them to walk away with a business plan and then they know where to go from there. So um, I've worked with orgs that focus on ideation, like incubators, accelerators, um, and, you know, they'll help people take something from idea to product, to minimum viable product, and then they're able to hit the market, find more customers. And so um, now I'm working with companies that are more advanced, more developed. They're already looking for um, seed funding. They're in series A with angel investors and with venture capitalists, and they are able to, you know, just keep those operations going there. Um, and the distinction between small businesses and startups is, you know, a big one, really. I've worked with both a small business. It takes a long time. And a lot of times they'll have a lot of overhead, whereas a startup is going to be very lean and they move very quickly. They're disruptors. A lot of times they're going to be tech companies or and they'll have like fewer employees. They'll have maybe three guys, um, you know, who have some tech and they've built an app and, you know, then they move so quickly because, you know, of the potential and, you know, they've got this technology and they're able to leverage that to get funding. Um, and, you know, I think that there's a, there's a, a lot you know, when it comes to both of them, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, a lot of dedication, hard work, a lot of having to network and having to be everywhere, be everything and wear all the hats. And so, you know, I've worked with those organizations through most of my career and been the person who, like, I think, um, Arabia, who was on your show, she was just like, oh, so yep. you the plug. And it's like, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so I like to, you know, think of that as like cultivating those relationships to be able to plug people into an assembly line because we're in the Motor City. We're the home of the assembly line. So in Detroit, we have something that, you know, something for everybody in every stage of, you know, the idea and the lifespan of a business. So um, that's what I've been doing with my career. And um, did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. You did. And my follow up question to that was we met at Black Tech Saturdays, yes, which is did. which is an opportunity for black tech founders and people who work in the tech space. Now, also non-tech folks as well to be able to come together, network, share ideas and then also learn more about the different things that's going on in the community and the city and government in the metro Detroit area and then also uh, just learn best practices and new and upcoming things from a technical standpoint as well and I wanted to ask just thinking about that environment what are some of the things that you see that black founders tech founders or small business owners might necessarily not be as privy to when starting uh, and then what are some ways that they can kind of be able to curate those type of resources to help put them in a much better position because I think that we see and there's plenty of data out there and information showing that we're a step behind 
uh, other races, especially the majority when it comes to that uh, venture capitalism. uh, And then also, uh, as far as knowledge and resources and things like that, it takes a a little bit longer in order for people that look like us to get going. So just want to know your experience, where are some of the things that we miss out on just because of misinformation or whatever the case may be? And then how can we take steps in order to make sure that we're on par with the with with other um, with people of other backgrounds. Well, you know what? That's actually a good question because um, I think one of the main things that's missing, when it, especially when it comes to Black founders, is things like Black Tech Saturdays. Now we have something like that where it's an opportunity for you to be exposed to new ideas, new people, and like you know, ultimately we need. The same things I just mentioned, you know, that access to, you know, coaching or mentors, you need access to somebody who looks like you, who can even show you that there is, you know, there are black video game designers, there are black UI UX, you know, designers or coders. And, you know, so to introduce you to new, you know, industries that you didn't know existed, particularly in Michigan, I think you know, Michigan hasn't done a great job of showing that we have a diversified economy in terms of industries. We just think auto industry, auto industry. Mm-hmm. And I know growing up, like my parents being baby boomers, it's like they work for the big three yep. at, or some subsidiary of, you know, for GM or Chrysler. And it was all about automotive and those were the good jobs. And so we never would have imagined that, you know, there's such an emphasis on tech and, you know, these are the jobs that pay well. These are the jobs of the future. These are the jobs that are disrupting the way, you know, finance is done because you have fintech, you have you know, the way that climate is done, you have climate tech. And, you know, through Black Tech Saturdays, I've managed to meet somebody who does something finance tech, you know, you know, we've got Darren Riley with Just Air and, you know, climate tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got, you know, all of these folks who are are really doing innovative things using technology and they're black. And I think that being exposed to that level of black excellence is something that is missing. And that exposure is a like a critical component to, you know, being able to cultivate emerging talent. And so I think that we have to create more opportunities like that for networking to being exposed to what's out there. And then, you know, you mentioned venture capital and I think that, you know, everybody, all of our founders that are, you know, I've worked with no matter um, what their background or ethnicity, it's like, this is always a challenge. And, you know, a lot of times in Michigan, we don't necessarily invest in something that isn't you know automotive in nature and Mm -hmm. we have our venture capitalists and investors here are more reluctant to invest in something that is not as known you know so if it's a new and emerging technology and no one's ever i mean like maybe what 15 20 years ago nobody had ever heard of like a uber or lyft or even thought that the concept of ride sharing could have been a thing and so I think that places like Silicon Valley are known for taking risks on ideas that no one's ever heard of. They, mm-hmm. they, they innovate because they don't look at something and say, I've never heard of that. So therefore I, I'm passing pass. And I think we do that a lot here. And so you couple that with the, you know, disadvantages that black founders face because they're not in rooms where the rooms where it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're not in, spaces where you see any examples you're not in spaces where you're getting enough mentorship and then michigan as a whole has a you know sort of 
problem with investing and venture capital and finding access, you know, and then you look at Detroit as a whole with, you know, it's um, the, the men the median income in Detroit, um, this is an alarming statistic is about $20,000 a year. And so I think there's already a problem with folks getting into this, this, you know, middle-class, you know, level where you can begin to even use your own seed funding to get yourself mm. started. So I think, you know, it's, it's that classic needing to have access to customers, mentorship, capital, and, coaching agree agree and i'm curious as to your love of tech and then also your background in being a city council person for city of harper woods which is a suburb of detroit mm -hmm. and want to know what was your experience like being a part of city council and then also the other government work that you've kind of done how does that and then part b of that how does that impact the world of tech and then some of the things that you just talked about going on in the city of Detroit and how, how do the two kind of overlap? Well, one, I, I feel like I've always been interested in, in politics and um, I've always loved like being involved in the community. And, you know, I think one of the main things we talked about, like me even coming on this podcast, I want to inspire people to be able to run for office and, you know, know that it's not as daunting as you think. And you don't have to have this degree, that degree. You just have to be a doer and run for office and serve your people. And, you know, your people will love you because you are there for them doing the things that they want to do and the things they never even dreamed or envisioned for themselves. But um, I started like to answer the question. Um, I got elected to Harper Woods City Council after serving on planning commission and storming into like <laughs> the mayor's office in Detroit, you know, to ask for like an internship. And I ended up, you know, working this internship um, with the city of Detroit um, while I was in grad school getting a master's in political science. And so I started like inching my way into things that were related to politics. And then I decided to, you know, run for school board. That was my very first uh, attempt at running for office. And I didn't know what I was doing. I remember <laughs> I met a guy who was running for Senate at the time. Adam Ollier, he even ended up becoming like a mentor and a friend of mine. So he, he like looked at my campaign literature and he's just like, what is this? Like, you don't have any endorsements. You don't have any biographical information. He's just like writing all over it. You need this. You need that. You're going to lose. And I was <laughs> like, wow. OK. And we ended up becoming like really good friends after that. But it was just like a very and I did lose. So I lost that election <laughs> because I didn't know what I was doing. I just had a, a picture of myself like Ernest D. Lyons for city. Or, no, I was running for school board for school. So I lost. I didn't know anything about what I was doing. Um, and then I learned. I learned, you know, I, I actually ended up with Adam as a mentor. And, you know, I started asking other people who would run for office and, you know, asking the people like what they want, getting to know the community better. I mean, I lived there for 25 years. And at that point, I'm just like, well, OK, I know this community. Like, let's let, let me get involved. So I started creating, you know, just events. We had a storytelling bike tour with my friend Cornetta Lane, who like, you know, is this huge innovator in the community. I used her quote earlier, if it doesn't exist, created. And so um, we organized this and then I organized like the Harper Woods Soup, which is Detroit Soup is a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs, um, you know, to to pitch and get seed funding um, here in Detroit. 
And so we did Harper Woods Soup a few times, um, you know, and then after that, I ran for mayor on a platform of innovation, which is like that love of technology, and then also small business development and incentivizing doing business in my city, in my community. So like through programs like that, you know, we wanted to see more of that. And at the time, Harper Woods had a huge shopping mall that was dying. You know, Eastland Mall was like just a shell of its former self. And mm. we were trying to bolster either people to come back to the mall or maybe re-envisioning the mall as, you know, a, a, a space where innovation can happen sort of like Durfee Innovation Center you know became the space where you've got co-working you've got you know incubators and accelerators and so I had this big plan and I ran and I won I won I ran for city council and I won and I was like okay let's get to work and so you know it was really this opportunity and once I got in here I did realize how hard these things actually are even at the municipal level but I do think we had some victories when it came to, um, you know, the mall ended up being redeveloped into light industrial manufacturing when I was on city council. Um, and we kept that momentum going with like trying to bolster um, development there in the city. And I, I wanted to continue that kind of momentum and I decided to run for mayor of my hometown. Um, and I ended up losing that election, but it, it really, I learned a lot of lessons. And from that very first election I lost um, to like winning another and then losing another, I think, you know, there were a lot of lessons that were learned. Um, but then there are also still like there are people in the community who are just like, what are we going to do next? And I'm just like, okay, I don't need a title to continue to do amazing things in you know, in my community or to want to uplift. And so, you know, I might wear different hats now. Um, I might not be an official politician anymore, but I still, you know, believe in building things in the community. And that's where that love of um, entrepreneurship and business development and community development is a big aspect of, you know, what you do at, you know, at, at least in my stage of where I've been, as a politician, I think that it's it's really big, like that that community development and dreaming and planning bigger things than you know what you think is possible and helping the community find their find their voice as they advocate for what's possible. And speaking of that, how can you help? How what would you say to people to encourage them to? be more involved in what's going on in their community outside of politics. Cause you don't, like you said, you don't have to have a seat or be a politician in order to impact what's going on around you. But do you have any advice or encouragement for people on how can you, for lack of better terms, give more of a damn about where you live and yes, where you're at? Yes. Yes. Give more of a damn. I love that. Um, I'm going to start using that. Well, I think it's, it's show up. If you feel like your water bill is too high, go to the city council meeting and, you know, it starts with like complaints or being outraged or, you know, if something is really bothering you, you really have a voice right to your state senator, right to your state rep, um, you know, talk to them day and then you get momentum from there. You know, it's, amazing the power of one voice and like we even when you get into the the nitty-gritty of politics and things when you get to supreme court battles when you get to like you know federal battles and 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 concerns and things that it takes one it takes one person who you know i didn't like that i didn't like that 
the energy company was charging so much or there's so many emissions that I developed asthma because of this and like how do we hold these corporations accountable and you get the momentum from you know start a petition go into your community and you say like okay what are we going to do about this air quality or what are we going to do about like this gun violence in the community you know so I think that it really becomes this thing where you go and you make sure your voice is heard, you know, look into and reach out to me if you want to know where you start, because, you know, you can start with just going to a city council meeting. They're free and open to the public and every member of the public gets three minutes, um, usually either at the end or before. Um to comment, to make your voice heard, and then, you know, write to, to your other local officials at the you know, local elected officials at like the state level and get that momentum going and then show up to community block club associations. They really need people. You know, I go, I'm a part of a um, community block club and I go to other ones for like various hats that I wear and you'd be surprised. There are literally maybe six senior citizen ladies running everything and they all they say is we need help you know and you you show up you lend a hand help with a community cleanup or help with you know just a community potluck and you'd be surprised at the impact that you're able to make and I feel like it'll uplift you you'll feel good doing this and you'll be like what do I do next how can I be involved again and and you just I don't know I feel like there's this doing good in your community, it will fill you with this level of like, you know, just fulfillment that you'll want to do more. So if you ever like, I want to be involved in politics and I get friends coming to me all the time. Like a friend from high school was just like, I'm tired of politics and I'm tired of, you know, politicians, you know, taking advantage of people. Ernestine, how do I do, how do I, I'm like, look at your boards and commissions in your city. And, you know, he lived in one city and he just kind of looked at it's like, oh, there's a position open on the arts commission and I'm like a guitarist. So I'm going to join that. But then, you know, from there, I want to, you know, build more in the community. So it's it really you can start small and but like it's a democracy run, run for office. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised at how easy it is and it can be challenging and it can be like people will like come for you. I have people coming for me with all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is just a small sound, small town. Like, why are we <laughs> focused on this all my, all up in my business? But you know, it's really a labor of love. And so um, I would encourage you to get out there and be involved. Even if you don't want to be the person who's like, holding the seat, being the elected official, be the person who's behind the scenes. And, you do something. Yes. Do something. Speaking right. of having a voice, DT, y'all going to have to come see me because y'all rates <laughs> is too high for as many outages that y'all be having. If somebody go outside and sneeze wrong, y'all going to have to come see me. Y'all going to take it easy on them rates and chill out on that bill. That's when you talk to your state rep, talk to your state senator, and they will work. They have DTE representatives that they are in contact with to to hear the concerns of the citizens. I had to get to the, the rep and the senator, but DTE, if anybody working at DTE and you listen to this, I'm talking to you directly. Chill out on them rates. Yeah, chill out on them rates. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Ernestine? What's next for your show, your podcast? What's next for you as far as what you would like to do in the next frontier of tech, uh, politics? What do you see in your crystal ball? 
Well, next I'm gonna have Denzel on my podcast and there we go. Um, get to know like uh, him and all this fancy tech that I don't use that he's using. <laughs> so, um, and hear his story. Um, but I, I definitely want to run for office again. Um, I I just feel like I have to sit back and listen to what the calling is. But in the meantime, like I said, you do not need to have a title to you know make an impact and make a difference. So. Um, I'm working with, um, you know, just all of these, you know, nonprofits and organizations to bring the best to the entrepreneurs who exist in Detroit, um, make sure that they're connected so we're not operating in silos, um, continue to be an advocate for, you know, not only new and emerging technology, but Black Voices in Tech um, is a series on my podcast. Um, so, you know, just tune in for you know, just some of the perspectives on what's happening, how you can be involved, um, what you can learn, how you can, you know, just grow and, and see the world. And if you want to see the world, talk to me. It's like, <laughs> if you want to learn language, then, you know, talk to me about that too. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're all about being global citizens. And I think that a big part of that is being the person who's willing to jump in and advocate um, and, you know, just helping to bring the world to us when we create things that don't exist by empowering each other. Dope. Dope. Well, thank you for your work that you do in the community. Thank you for being an advocate for uh, small business, black tech founders, technology in general, and then also of uh, the state and uh, Michigan. The work that you do is important. So greatly appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your story on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. And this has been, I especially love like the rapid fire questions, like, yeah. you know, with the, you know, <laughs> that's beautiful. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Right. And everybody watching, I'll see y'all soon. Bye. Peace. Bye.